Not that <laughs> paprika, you know, I'm blowing, you know. Welcome back to another episode of Lunchtime in Rome. This is episode 58, and you're listening to Eric, and Jay is already not paying attention and reading something on his phone. Josh, he is so mad. He's like, you're not Brian at all. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, this is, like I said, this is Eric, and I am here with Jay. Hello. And also Chris. Hey. Uh, Brian is out in California working this week, and uh, we invited Chris uh, here with us today, who you will hear more from in a little bit. Um, but first, a couple logistics out of the way. Please visit, visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. You can email us there. You can figure out other ways to listen to the show. Um, we're on all the major podcasts platforms like iTunes and Spotify and Pocket Cast and all that. Um, but please reach out, out to us um, via email if you have any questions or have any feedback. We love it. And also, you can watch us live on Facebook each week um, on Wednesdays, usually around 8, 830, um, depending on how show prep is going on our end. And with that being said, Jay, would you give us a little down low of what the show is all about i would uh no matter who you are no matter where you are you have you have the opportunity at some point in time and sadly many times in your life to feel alone and that is across all cultures and socioeconomic barriers and that is um really the one of the worst things anybody can experience you think about solitary confinement you think about um, depression you feel alone and so this podcast is focused on the solution to that and that is uh, focused on Romans 12 15 which is in the Bible which says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn how to emotionally join people in their emotions so it's 12 15 which is lunchtime Rome is the Bible uh, chapter but it's also mimicking in the first part of the, of the podcast, what we would be doing if we were having lunch in Rome. We'd be hanging out, sharing a bottle of wine, a big thing of water, some meat, some cheeses, and just talking about life and, and, and enjoying each other's company. And then in the second part of the podcast, we go over a tip, a tactic, uh, a way to either help yourself from feeling alone or and or a way to help other people to not be alone as a way to love them. And then we do a do better segment where we focus on people where they're not operating out of a, an emotionally healthy place, but we ended on a good note with a can't do better. Um, but uh, we do have a great friend with us. Uh, Brian is out of town. He's in California. One of our steady listeners, Josh Hughes went all elf on us already <laughs> said that Chris smells of uh cheese and stale meat or whatever it is you're no brian at all but um 
Chris is with us and he is both, he's been with us before. He is why a lot of what you hear is clear. Yes. He's helped us out with our sound. Yes. In the past, but we wanted him to be our first guest and uh, we're going to start right now and give it to Chris. So the people who have no idea who you are, which the people that are already listening, people like Holly Jax's mom, she knows who you are, but a lot of people listen to this show and uh, they can always comment by the way. Yes. They can always send in to lunchtime and Yes. Any things like that. But Chris introduce yourself. Okay. Well, First of all, it is an honor to be here. Dad, come right it is. Wow. <laughs> it's the first time I've done anything like this, so it's, that's very exciting. Other oh, that's than cool. Behind the scenes, like you mentioned. Um, yeah, so my name is Chris. I am 43 years old. I am a father of two. I have a wonderful son and daughter. Um, getting old now. My son's 17. My daughter is 13. Does that not blow your mind? It does blow my mind. Because you I, said 43, and that blew my mind. Because <laughs> I'm like, you're not 43. I know. You don't have a 17-year-old. It's getting scary. But um, it's also very exciting, very rewarding. Um, my wonderful wife, Amy, um, I am married to her. <laughs> very thankfully <laughs> How so. Long? Uh, this summer, it will be 20 years. Whoa, the we big two zero. Yes, yes. That's uh, awesome. In July, so we two are... Two decades. It is another mind-blowing... Wow, that's actually kind of easy for you guys, because it's going to be 2020, and right, it'll right. be 20 years, so every... That's why they did it that way. Yeah, yeah. Right, I see that. Totally you guys hold forget. it off or hurry it up? <laughs> <laughs> it just if worked we, out that way. If we wait one more year. <laughs> but it was. it's good. It's good for my brain to... to yeah, I can quickly... Uh, oh, yeah, it's 20. Um, I am also a worship leader uh, and an elementary school music teacher. So I have a lot of music happening in my life, and um, you know, and, and it's it's pretty different getting up to to worship uh, at church and uh, the emotions that flow during those times, and then going <laughs> to work and working with little kids and getting them to. To, to understand things about music and experience music. And, and, and talk a little bit about where you teach, because you don't teach at Penn Hills. Correct. I teach in McKeesport, PA, which... Um, but you live in Penn Hills. I live in Penn Hills, which yep. is where my wife is uh, originally from, and I've obviously been here for a long time now. Um, but yeah, I teach in McKeesport, PA. I've taught there... Oh, my. This is my 19th year there in the district, Bro. but only my fifth year doing elementary and... Uh, and it's it's really I feel like I'm starting to hit my stride. Wait a I'm minute, enjoying did, the little kids. What did you do before elementary? A little bit of everything over the years. I've done. I started out doing middle school band. So I I, I did. God bless you. <laughs> fifth through eighth grade band um, for my first few years, and with a little bit of of, of fifth to sixth grade general music mixed. I don't in. think I knew that. I thought you were always like with the the little. Yeah, it's relatively new, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did some elementary band after that. I did some middle school, uh, just like general classroom music, okay. uh, specifically with eighth graders, which can be like for some people on the outside, I could see that like people are like, oh, you never, you know, middle school, that's the toughest. And, and it, it, it can be tough. And, and the kids are, they can be all over the place emotionally at that age. But um, but it, it it's also neat when you get a little bit of a rapport with with kids at that age, yeah. and, and a little bit of of, of um, an understanding with them, and, and that was good. And then, like I said, the past five years, I've now been doing elementary general, which is a huge transition from eighth grade to then be teaching a bunch of kindergartners. Yeah. I, I now do I do kindergarten through fifth, 
So there's a wide range there. But to go from eighth and then teaching five-year-olds and six-year-olds, it's... And it's, a, and it's a school district similar to Penn Hills in that it's a sort of, well, would you say it's an urban suburban school district? Yes. It or shares. is it just urban? Because McKeesport is its own town. Right. And it, it likes to have that identity. Oh, it too. is. Like they go to Pittsburgh. They don't go downtown. Right. <laughs> right. It's a separate place. Oh, that's um, interesting. So it, but it is urban in a lot of ways. Um, Lower socioeconomic. Definitely. Um, and a, But like Penn Hills, there is a mix too. So it's, it's an interesting um, mix of socioeconomic backgrounds, um, cultural backgrounds, uh, it's, it's white and black. Yeah. <laughs> Predominantly. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's good. It's one of the things that can be challenging, but I also feel like I get something back from it that way. And they present themselves with their own unique set of needs emotionally. Um, certainly with going from junior high to elementary and also pre-elementary with the kindergarten you know, but also being that subset of society, they have their own unique needs and you have learned how to deal with them differently in the past several years, which we're going to talk on a little bit more as the show goes on today. But it is great that you're here. I'm know, excited. And you're doing a wonderful job. Full disclosure, Chris was a little bit nervous, but I think mm-hmm. he's doing a fine job. I'm still a little nervous. Well, and we, we bleeped your- out the F words <laughs> that he said a little bit earlier. Well, you said this is your first time doing something like this and, you know, that's cool. And it's fun. Like once you get into it, once you loosen up a little bit, it really is just like talking, you know, and yeah, I love it. And I love that you're here. And yeah, this is so fun. I do miss Brian. We all miss Brian. Yeah. I, I love Brian. Yeah. I, I could never replace Brian. Right. But, but I'm excited to step in and, and have some fun. Yeah. It, it, it encourages me to like, I want to get more people in here, you know, like get a fourth mic in here and have like an extra. Who's Mike? Hey, uh, (laughs) but Brian is also right now hanging out in California. Yeah. You know, John and with Casey, other people that helped the show, not even just listeners. Yeah. They're producers. They help us for lack of a better term. Yeah. And they've helped us. And so, and apparently, you know, they're, they're spreading the word out there and it's, it's having an impact, which is pretty awesome. It's very awesome. Um, you know, what's awesome is a really well cooked potato. Oh, I was thinking about, man, what I haven't, I haven't done a lot of cooking recently. I mean, I, I did soup. Again, last week, I've been trying to perfect my You're talking my about regular soup. potato. A potato. Not a sweet potato. Not a sweet potato. No, I still make my sweet potato, which everybody was out of tomatillos. <laughs> I was like, I made a special trip to shop and say when I was tired, because I have not I have that like late at night, early morning cold going on still yes. for like two yeah, weeks yeah, now. Yeah. And these last three nights have been terrible night sleep. And the beauty of me is I sleep. Like, yeah. I don't ever don't have a good night's sleep. Yeah. Like, I see people on Facebook, oh, it's 3 o'clock, I'm wide awake. I'm like, dude, just That's go to ra- sleep. It's rare. <laughs> it's rare for me to have that. Right, I'm like, just go to sleep. Why yeah. are you not sleeping? And like, last night, I might have fallen asleep at midnight, which is when I tried to, but I might not have. Yeah. But I know from one thirty till 4 o'clock, wide awake. Mm. Just laying there like, wow, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it started the other day. I was a little sicker than I had been, but I made a special stop at Shop and Save because they're the one who carry the tomatillos that go into my sweet potato hash. And they didn't have any. So I walked out of the store. And with all due respect to Amy, I walked right past her mother. But ah. I didn't want to talk. <laughs> so I just, <laughs> so I hid. I kind of turned my head sideways because she works there. And I skedaddled. Yep. And I made my sweet potato hash. But I've been working on, because Rachel, with her new eating plan, new meaning the last two, three months, RP it's called, just kind of watches her macros. Micros and macros. Right, and, and all that stuff. Food and it's science. been very effective. Yeah. Uh, she's allowed to have regular 
potatoes, and she doesn't like my sweet potatoes. Um, my because I do it Southwest. You've had it. You've, it's yeah, so good. I don't, Maybe you know, it's been a while. Well, it would have been like four years at Ocracoke. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. But so because whenever it's so funny when we talk about sweet potatoes, people still think of like brown sugar and cinnamon. And which nutmeg, I, which I like, sweet potatoes. I like that sweet potato, but that's nothing of what I make. No, like it is not what I make. It's very savory. The point of the story sweet. is, I've been trying to perfect just regular potatoes, not a baked potato, but like I have, like hash brown. Sure, you can do or that. No, no, I've no, but I've done that. I've done. Wait, I've yeah. grated them yeah. with a grater. Yeah, yeah. Squeeze all the water out of them, and yeah. then make them on the. I meant to say home fry. I've also done home fry, which is basically my sweet potato hash. Right, but. It's white potatoes, man, and I do green pepper and onion with that. I do love like just potato, onion, and pepper. Like that's nothing wrong with it. Oh that. man, it's so good. Um, but today, so I've been mixing, matching, and I have a basket. It's sort of like a poor man's air fryer because all an air fryer is it allows air to get all the way around what you're cooking. Yeah. Um, and so I have this basket. It's a big wire basket that goes over top of a baking sheet, so it kind of acts like an air fryer. So I'll make fries in that. And it's and wait, where does that go? In the oven, just your regular oven. Okay, but air gets so instead of just laying on a cookie yeah. sheet, does it does it work better than an air fryer? To me, it was very similar. It okay. wasn't worth buying an air fryer. Where'd you get that thing? Uh, I think it was at Sam's. Man, I'll show it to you next time you're over. But they probably um, don't have it now. <laughs> yeah, but you have it. You have something else. <laughs> I, now I no. do know what you're going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> the point of the story is this: tonight I did about eh, half inch slices of a potato. Yeah. Good size. Uh, and you always want to make sure that you soak your potatoes. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, Chris has always soaked his potatoes <laughs> um, to get all the starch out. Dry them off, and then how long I, do you soak them? You're probably supposed to be like a half hour, but I did like maybe ten minutes. Okay. Um, I've never soaked my potatoes. But yeah, by the way, this is all <laughs> stuff I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've never soaked my potatoes. If you watch like cooking shows and they're making fries, especially if you're going to make like fries in a fryer or whatever else, you definitely want to soak them in wa- cold water. Somebody agrees. Um, the point of the story is, I so they were pretty thick slices. Like I said, quarter inch to maybe maybe three eighths inch. I don't know. And I eyeballed it. I wasn't using because my mandolin only goes to like a quarter inch. Okay. Um, my big cast iron skillet that you guys bought for me. Yeah. And uh, so got them till they're browned on one side. Had the oven going to four seventy five. Flipped them over the individual potatoes. Yeah. Put them in so that they cooked through, but also. Brown top, brown the other side. Yeah, or, once yeah, I flipped right. them, a little salt, a little pepper. Then when they were done, a little paprika, a little bit of garlic, a little more salt. Dude, ugh, it was unbelievable. So crisp on the outside, pillow on the inside. I do know this. Boom I sauce. love some paprika on potatoes. It's a crazy spice. And there's so many different kinds. It's fun to say, too. There's hot paprika. Mm-hmm. Paprika. <laughs> Smoke paprika. Smoke paprika. Uh, all that stuff. Chris was like, I got one. I, I got, got one. one. <laughs> I didn't step on their toes. <laughs> well, yeah. I also want you to talk. I, I did. So to, to Full disclosure. I was giving Chris, you know, some tips before the show. Like, be careful not to over speak because that's one of the issues that I have is like interrupting and talking over over somebody else. And I feel like Chris has just been like, don't ever speak. Don't ever speak. Don't ever speak. <laughs> Eric said, don't ever speak. Don't talk. Don't well, talk. I also I wanted to make sure I had something. Not that paprika, you know, I'm blowing, you know, <laughs> but, but who's paprika? I, I don't know a ton about the, the potato cooking method. So I'm like, well, right. maybe I'll sit this one out for a minute. And you're like, smoked, smoked paprika. <laughs> I know about that one. Oh, uh, right. 
Oh, so good. So good. So that's what I have uh, been cooking. And I'll tell you what, I've had meetings this week with two different people. And like I had a meeting recently. Yeah. And I told Brian and you about it. And I don't know if you were there or not, Chris. And Brian just looked at me. He's like, I'm so glad you do what you do, which was code for Mm. in a million years. I would never want to meet with that person. Right. But the two meetings I've had this week are like, it's sort of like Brian's line of, I can't believe I get to do this. Yeah. Like there were different guys, different situations, but just great. Like they, I was able to be there. Like the one guy said ever since so-and-so passed in his life, nobody has asked how he's doing. Yeah. And I don't know him, so I don't, I'm not guilty for that, you know? Right. But it's been six years. Not one person has said, how are you doing? They've asked about his family members. How yeah. are you doing? And you talk about you, meaning me, talk about the need for comfort. Here's a guy who somebody very close to them passed away. Nobody has said, how are you? And he's not like a freak. He's a normal person. Yeah. Now, the problem is he's pretty put together, successful guy. Yeah. So, of course, he's fine. Right. And then the guy last night, conversely, he has his own stories. But I was trying to sh- share with him how sometimes we don't get closure. And so I was sharing with him the story of my dad and how he went into the surgery or where he might die. And I said, Dad, is there anything you want to get off your chest? And he went, nope. (laughs) (laughs) And this guy who was a rough, tough, non-church going guy said, oh, yeah. And he's been to church like three or four times. He goes, yeah, you know, I hear you on Sundays. So um, I'm really sorry that you had to go through that. Awesome. I almost wept. (laughs) Like, I wish I hadn't had so much closure with my dad because that would have been great. To have that comfort attached yeah. to my cr- my grief over my dad, yeah. that this guy who doesn't know anything about this, but listened to me four times, yeah. is already putting it into practice. Yeah. So of course, like a shlemiel, I immediately told him about several people in our church who have been there for a very long time and are still terrible <laughs> at emotional responding. <laughs> but that's why you know, and and you talk about it every week at church. You talk about emotional needs, and you know it, it very often you know finds its way into your sermon. But much like verses from the Bible, even though they're so well-known, it's like, we need to keep hearing that stuff. That's so great that you put it that way. We need to keep hearing it. Because where I thought you were going to go was, but just like verses of the Bible, it falls on deaf ears. Because, and I, what do I say all the time? Don't read your Bible too quickly. Right. You know, because you just go right past it. And I've told you before how somebody recently said to me, you know, you're a great preacher, but your message has grown stale. (sighs) And... I was like, huh, okay, ouch, you know, but that's my fear is that the emotional need stuff grows stale. Well, and like you also said, like, well, we don't really get the simple stuff right. So all the theological stuff and like, you know, well, right. You want to go deeper. Yeah. You, you suck at shallow. Right. So, let's, yeah. you know, and the point is it, gr- it grows stale because you're not engaging in it. Yeah. If, if, if somebody's really thinking about like this guy, Four, four weeks into church, and he's like, oh, okay, so what am I supposed to do? And he's engaged in it. Right. He wants to learn how to do it better. If you go, oh, that's Jay's thing. Yeah, and for the record, I have never felt that way, that it's and stale. I, and I'm not good at it yet, but I've been hearing your sermons for six years now, something like that. Right. And there's always a takeaway. Right. You know, And I'm always, I, I'm not good at it, but I'm always wanting to get better at and it. And we're yeah. going to get to know more about Chris in a few minutes. That's right. But you're better at it than you think. That is true. Nah. You are, dude. You really are. That's enough that. about me. Yeah, I'll go. Um, so 
This week, I I we had to do something that I hate doing, and we had to take down Christmas. Oof. I hate taking down Christmas. One oh why? Uh, two well one reason, and we don't even have it all down. Like we still have. We just have upstairs Christmas taken down. There's downstairs. The tree Christmas. that ate the basement is still up. It's still up. You could just leave that one up all year. Nobody would know. <laughs> well, the just fire go down there and enjoy the fire the- in the house would eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so that's still down there. But like, just like the doing of it. Okay, that's what I'm saying. You know, I can't stand the doing. But here's the other thing. I didn't really do much. I kind of just watched Mags as Amy was, you know, taking everything down. You know, but still had to watch Mags and like watch it being taken down. And then like. I love the vibe of, of Christmas. Like, Chris, we were over at your house at one point, and, like, your house was just, like, I'm going to say it's like a man. Your house was so cozy, you know? And uh, and it was just so nice and warm and inviting, and, like, I love that that environment and atmosphere that Christmas brings like that. And and we had that, you know, up here, and it was just nice. We had a we have what we call Maggie's tree, which we have ornaments that, that people gift her and other things. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and it's it's gone, and that just bums me out. And you know, um, are you that way, Chris? I I am, in the sense that, and maybe this is 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 part of what you were saying anyway, Eric. That you know, you go through the the labor of got to put the lights up, got to put the yeah. tree up, got to do this. Like, there's a lot that goes into yeah getting ready for the holiday, right? You know, decorations, but then. It's there, and right. you get to enjoy it. Yeah. And on the other end, when you have to go through all the trouble of taking everything down, then it's yeah. gone. And then all the swearing of like trying to like get the lights right, you know, back <laughs> in the thing. Like, how did I put these on there like this? And why are they all tangled? Yeah, it's yeah, it's awful. I love when it's over. It's oh, funny. Our whole our whole family funny. is that way. Like when Christmas is here, it's great. Yeah. When Christmas is done. It's over. It's over. See, that's Amy. Amy's like that's my Amy too. Yeah. Whenever whenever it's over, like if but, if. The fact that the the stuff is still up downstairs, like it, I it's probably eating her alive inside. Mm. Like she just wants it down. Like she's ready to move on. And I'm like, we could just leave it up a little longer, you know. Like, mm. but yeah. Um, but the other cool thing, yes, of this week for me, or the the cool thing, um, so my boss was given a, and I'm gonna butcher. I can't even say this. It's thing. so easy. It's is it? Do you pronounce the D? Nope. Okay, or it, the I. So it's a sous vide. Actually, no, you don't. Pro- yeah, it's a sous vide. Sous vide. Boy. Sous vide cooker. Not a sous vide. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, the story is, my boss had a neighbor who I guess sold these, or apparently didn't. And I guess, yeah, and I guess he had some, you know, some overflow in his garage, so he gave it to my boss. And then my boss really didn't have any interest in it. And he asked yesterday, does anybody want to sue? I forget why we were talking about it. Um, well, you work at American Eagle. Right. And uh, and I was like, yep. Like, immediately, I was like, I do. <laughs> and uh, so he was like, all right, I'll give it to you. And I was like, do you want anything for it? And he said, no. And I said, I know those are not cheap. And he was like, yeah, it's fine. You know, I didn't pay anything for it, so I'll just give it to you. And I was like. All right, sir. Um, <laughs> and uh, he brought it in today. I looked it up. It's like 450 bucks. Like, this is That's not a, good a one. cheap machine. That's a real so, good one. For those of you who don't know. Me. <laughs> <laughs> a sous vide. And you, help me out here, Jay, sure. because you know much more about it. But it's basically you're, you're, you're cooking whatever, like vegetable or meat in a water bath. And it's it's cooking in a sealed, in a plastic, sealed plastic, container. plastic container. And it like basically it's like a fail safe way to cook your meat. 
but I don't know how that like I don't know well, why. You set the wa- so you set the water temperature. Say you want a steak to be perfectly medium rare at 120 degrees. Yeah. So you take your steak, and a lot of times I don't know what this model. It it'll combine it's still with, in the box. I don't know either. right with the <laughs> like not shrink wrap, but the pressure, the vacuum seal. Yeah. So you, you'll put a little marinade, whatever else you want around your steak, stick it in the vacuum seal so it sucks all the water out. You drop it in the sous vide machine, which is circulating at a hundred and or like I said, one hundred and twenty degrees, whatever which is you want perfect, medium rare, yeah, for a steak, and you can throw it in there for ever, yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll tell you how long. Because that's the thing, like you it can't, can't burn. You can't. It's only going to be it. at one hundred and twenty mm. degrees, right? Right. So I'm intrigued. Form. I know <laughs> it's awesome, and so you can cook it for a very long time. Yeah. And that for that way it'll it'll make it even softer and better. Yeah. And so they'll do that. They'll sous vide things for a very long time. Well, that's what I told my. I bot. don't know how quickly it's you can cook things. I don't. And either. then what you can do is you can take it out and sear it at the end if you want. That was going to be my question right. because like on a end. steak I do like you, oh, you got to have a sear. Yeah, you got to have that that crust or bark or whatever you want. Right. To call so it. you could sous vide it to one eighteen and then have your your stupid hot bam, cast bam. iron skillet. Bam bam, you've got perfect steak. <sighs> Dude, I'm so excited. And then you can sous vide different things together and all that kind I'm of I'm interested stuff. to see like what, because I know it's primarily used for meat. I would assume so. Yeah, but I know people do vegetables in it, and I'm curious as to what that, or they'll do meat and vegetables together. They'll, you know, I've seen, I've, I've looked some things up and they've put like carrots with meat or whatever, but I'm also like, I'm interested because in, it could get chicken like perfect. Right, because you could just set the temperature. Yeah, so imagine that, like, a chicken breast right. that you know is going to be at one sixty-five. Yeah. It's not going to be dried out at one ninety, right? Or a little medium rare at one forty-three. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you're like, well, I'll microwave it at the end, right? But if it's cooking with all those like herbs and spices that you have in there, that you don't really need to put it on on your, you know, now skillet or whatever if you don't want to. If you did a sous vide confit, what? what? <laughs> Christina, what a confit is? I don't know. <laughs> Do you know? It, isn't it the? Uh, is it the stuffed? Uh, no, no. You're cooking it in its own fat. So imagine, oh, right? Yes, so the like, duck fat. Oh yeah, well, duck confit. Duck confit. I think I you did duck. that. Didn't you do that? No, no. What did you do? I haven't really. I've confit some bacon. I've yeah. I've you done, did bacon, but I don't know what I cooked. It was chicken confit, but I did it in bacon fat. Yeah. So imagine you put a bag full. You did pork and bacon fat. Right. Oh, man. You do pork tenderloins. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And you just submerge it in bacon fat. Yeah. And cook it in that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sous vide confit. Dude, what up? You know we're going to be playing around with that oh, thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. Indeed. Oh, yeah. This is why I like to eat with you guys. Like, yeah. Because I don't know any of this. I, I love to do any of this. My man yeah. cooked some New Year's Eve stuff, though, didn't he? Dude. Yeah, and I know you guys talked about that last week, but I'm sticking with the I just threw it in. Yeah, just threw it in with five other ingredients in order, layered, yeah. and a few spices. Dude, it was bomb. It, it turned out well. It's it natural. One of the best pieces of pork I've ever had. So good. Hey, Sometimes when you're cooking, you just got to go back to the basics. That's right. That is right. And sometimes with emotional needs, you just got to go back to the basics. We have now gone over, uh, what, 56, 57 different podcasts? What this are we on? Is, we are on 58. 58. This is 58. Heinz 58. <laughs> didn't have to go that far they figured it out at 57 they said that's enough um and what we want to do is really go back to the beginning but we also want you to get to know who chris is you know i know a lot of you guys are listening do know who chris is but i know oh heidi says hi hi heidi hi Heidi. Um, get to know him a little bit more and what we want to do is we talk about joining people in their emotions yep and, and again don't go too fast 
Oh, okay, join him in their emotions. Great. Well, what does that mean? Well, what are emotions? Well, emotions are the manifestations of emotional needs. Everybody has, everybody has different kinds of needs. There's physical needs, food, water, shelter. There's intellectual needs. We have to be learning. We have to be growing. Hobbies, books, that kind of stuff. Spiritual needs. That's where you have church, and that's why you have synagogue, and that's why you have things like that. But emotional needs are only met within a relationship. Being by yourself, you can't have your emotional needs met, which is why loneliness is so terrible. Um, and so if somebody says, well, that hurt my feelings, well, what does that mean? Well, it means an emotional need was not met or was taken from you. So what we want to do is just for, for everybody who's listening, who has who sort of came along uh, recently, and Chris, like you pointed out so great, we need to keep hearing this. We're going to go over the emotional needs, the top 10 emotional needs, but we're also going to do it as we get to know who Chris is. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over an emotional need, describe it a little bit, and then we're going to have Chris say, yeah, that's all. That is my, oh man, that's number one for me. Yeah. Or Blick, don't need that one. Yeah. So number cool. one is acceptance. Um, and that's pretty easy to understand. And that's being loved even though you've screwed up. Can, can you still screw up and know that the person in your relationship, whether it's parental or a spouse or friendship, are you still loved? Is that important to you? Like if you screw up in a relationship and the other person's really upset, are you like, ah, whatever, they'll get over it. Or are you like, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me. So yeah. that's acceptance. Yeah. Chris, where does where do you find yourself with acceptance? Uh, we're gonna start off with the bang because <laughs> acceptance is is very my need for acceptance. I think is very high. Yeah, and um, it I don't feel like I wasn't accepted by my family by my parents when I was younger, but I do feel like as as I've learned more about emotional needs over the past few years, um, that especially in like in middle school and high school. I, I do not feel like I was often accepted just for who I was. Mm -hmm. I often felt the you know that I needed to jump through hoops or change who I was a little bit or you know do this or that or just or just that well those those people or those kind of people you know the popular kids or whoever they're just not going to accept me so I'm unacceptable mm. in, in certain ways to certain people. So I would hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And it I feel like hurt. I've gone through life like that. Like, oh, I don't know if this person's going to accept me. Like I might need to act a little differently or try to change Not this be about me. me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Which then you feel like you're selling yourself out. Right. Which makes you feel worse about yourself. So, of course, why wouldn't I change? Because. I'm such a terrible, not terrible person, but I'm such a loser. Right. If I right. would so easily give up on myself, I may as well just keep giving up on myself. And it makes total sense to me that you're saying growing up, you know, your parents were like, Chris, you are who you are and you're great and you're wonderful and everything else. Like they did meet your need that if I'm sure if you made a mistake, they would tell you about it. Right. And then we moved on and everything was good. Yeah. I think, no, I think my parents did a great job. I, I'll tell you, I think I did a poor job at communicating my needs with my parents to my parents as I, as I got older. as a four year old. Oh, as you no, as, I was yeah. say. <laughs> uh, no, as I got older. Yeah, I sure. Think. Interesting. But my, my point in saying that is then all of a sudden you're in this horrifically dark world of what we like to call school mm. and they're not treating you the same way. And so the fact that your parents met your need mm. for acceptance now, they're not, why are they not accepting me? 
is an even more harsh reality and grooves a deeper hurt that impacts you further on. You know, whereas you could still have that need if everybody accepted you. You know, we've talked about that before. You have the need sometimes because you never got it and sometimes because you always had it met. You had both. You had it met and then it was taken away from you right. by your peers. And that sucks. Hmm. Affection. So, Eric. Uh, security is going to be one that's coming up. Sure. We but can jump ahead. Would that be also like losing some security? Like Chris is living one life at home and then he gets to school and then like he's robbed of it, of that, you know, acceptance of feel like would that. It's a great, great point. Um, let's let's just jump down to security, which has and that's also known as peace. But I like to describe it two ways because some people have a high need for emotional security. And that is, you know, you're you're always checking with everybody. Is everything okay? Is everything all right? Are you okay? Did you make me mad? Am I did I make you mad? I'm sorry. Am I okay? Yeah. Are you are you cheating on me? Did you cheat on me? Or why why were you late? Why did you come home so late? Why didn't you call? Right. And then the other is the physical side of things, which is, did you lock the doors? Did you turn off the to toaster oven? Is this happening? Everything else? Where do you fall in in those? Um, I am not ever <laughs> worried about the physical side of it i guess like right. that's not high yeah, that is for me. that is so typically you like did i leave the door unlocked <laughs> we'll find out when i get home later <laughs> the absent-minded professor yeah right that i fit that that stereotype yeah what about your wife um oh she is the opposite right. she checks with me every night and this and so i you know i do have to think about it a bit okay did i lock the door did i do this did, you know are things set because she Need she has a high need for that, yeah, right. So I in turn try to respond to her because that's an need. act of love, right? However, emotionally, you, right? Yeah, I um, I do it. I do. I have a hard time analyzing this one for me, to be honest with you. Like I, I feel like in the way that it it ties in with the acceptance thing that yeah, okay, I can feel that I have a high need of security as far as relational right and when what's, i what's your word for me the I'm, appeaser i'm the appeaser so i want to make sure everybody's cool like i want to make sure you're cool with me are we cool like i need that sense of security like i don't want any issues in between us because i want everything to be cool all the time right so i will appease people but i feel like i don't check in necessarily i tend to go into a shell of oh maybe if i stay out of the way then i won't offend anyone or i won't yeah. like that's like you don't want to rock the because you my security is afraid you'll hurt someone right um, and, then, and then you won't be accepted sure so you're insecure as to whether or not the relationship's okay so you'll withdraw from the relationship yeah yes because if i don't if i'm not in the relationship well then i can't hurt you and then i won't then i don't face the fee the the potential of being rejected slash not accepted so right it ties in it ties a little together. bit except for the fact that you just avoid it altogether right i have an avoidance issue i will say that yeah <laughs> yeah i do my name is chris Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different podcast <laughs> but i like the fact that you po pointed that out and i think it's important that we do realize different emotional needs pair up well with each other and some repulse yeah uh, sort of like encouragement and support. Yeah. You typically don't have both, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, affection, we started to talk about, and that also has two aspects, and that is yeah. verbal and f 
physical. Right. You know, the example I always use is I was raised in a household where everybody said, I love you. We were not a touchy feely household. We yeah. did not hug. It was not, you know, that was just it. Yeah. Um, but uh, where do you fall on that? Um, I think generally that's one of my lower needs. Um, and is that because although, it was always met growing up or it just wasn't what you did growing up? Oh, man, that's a good question. <laughs> I think we weren't particularly affectionate in my family, but my my parents, may, no, they, they said, I love you a lot. I mean, sure. they made that known. Like, they, so there was a level of affection. Yeah. Mine did too. And they gave me hugs and, you know. Yeah. And I'm yeah, a hugger yeah. and, you know, I'm a big believer in like saying, you know, I, I love you to, you know, whoever I love. Maybe I don't think of it as a need though, because it's, it's always been met, though. Is yeah. that is that possible? Sure. No. In that, <laughs> sure not. <laughs> no. My point is, like, if it's always met, it, that can mean you well, have no need for question. it. I guess if, if it's, it's always if been it's met, always met, then how how would I you don't know? know how to analyze? I don't know. No, how to look analyze at it this way. No, because look at it this way. I never if, really thought about that. If every day you gave Lilybug a big hug and a big squeeze and your daddy's little girl and your daddy's little girl and you give her a big hug and a big squeeze and you're meeting that need for affection out the wazoo. Then she has a boyfriend and, he, and she's like, give me a big hug. And he's like, nah, I'm good. She's like, what? I always get a big hug. And he's like, nah, it's cool. We're good. Don't worry about it. I just don't feel like hugging you right now. She, so the need was always met and now she has a huge need for it because it was always met. Mm. Conversely, grandma always sees Billy and she gives him a big hug and she, grandma lives with the family. And so it's a big squeak squeeze of the cheeks and a big hug. And he's like, if anyone ever hugs me again, I'm going to die. <laughs> so that's the point. It's not, it's never a one-to-one hmm. you might have it met and therefore you have a need. It might've always been met and you don't have that need. I never really thought about that though. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There it is. Right. Um, so you're give or take or yeah, you know, I don't give know. it or take. I like giving hugs. Give it or leave it. I like telling my wife I love her. Do you I, like getting I, hugs? I I do. Yeah, okay. I am. I am not opposed to, to to hugs and and um, I love when my wife shows me either yeah, like verbally or like right. giving me. And a there's hug a scale. Like there's no and, and okay. please for everyone listening and and Chris as a reminder, there's no right amount on any of these. Right. You know, and I I have people that have high needs at one end and are averse to the things on the other end. And I've been with people that they're right down the middle. I mean, they're just like, yeah. And it's funny is there, there was a girl on my volleyball team for years, Catherine Miller. If, if uh, Kelly's listening to this, she'll laugh. Um, Catherine didn't speak forever. Like in junior high on the volleyball team, the coach down there said, do you realize when I speak to you, you must give me a verbal response. And she went <laughs> and nodded her head <laughs> when she took our emotional needs inventory. Her high score, so 10 is high, negative 10 is low. Her high score was a 2. Her lowest was a negative 1. <laughs> like she was just right on there. <laughs> Catherine is much different now. College changed her. Um, she's much more outgoing. <laughs> but so don't, there's no, you know, there's no necessary amount. Appreciation, you know, being recognized for doing what you have done, you know, something you've done for somebody else, um, expressing thanks, praise, or commendation. Where do you guys fall on that, especially Chris? I I think that's a higher one for me. Yeah, that's surprising to me. Well, it, can I ask, does it tie in with respect? Is that one that would... Sure. I, mean, I can see how they do. Okay. Because I feel like a lack of appreciation 
sort of hits me as oh that was a little disrespectful I did this and nobody said anything and now I feel so I don't I guess maybe I'm not sure where those two separate Mm, right I don't know if that would be I think that's appreciation when you word it like that I think if it was something like it's valuing you for what you've done is appreciation valuing you for who you are is respect Mm, okay, so I definitely think I have a higher need for respect when phrased that way. Right, like I don't tell you enough, in my opinion, but I appreciate the fact that you put together the lyrics and you do the slides and you put that together. I don't tell you that enough in my mind, but clearly it's enough for you because you're not sitting here going, boy, Jay doesn't appreciate me. Oh, yeah, right. I, oh, right, and you wouldn't say, I respect you for putting together the slides and I respect you for, you know, like that's right. weird. It's a, an appreciate. that makes sense. Right, and I do, and I so and I don't feel the need for that. I guess you're right because right. I it, when you say that to me, I totally go to oh, well, that's okay. just yeah, that's just what I do. Like right. that's that's cool. Because it would be more like for respect to be like I respect like how loyal you are and how much of a solid guy you are. Like just because it's like who he like a characteristic about who he is. Well, it's it's more like if if um, I didn't if if I was always rude. If I always put him down in my sermons, if I always did that, he would say, but I'm your friend. You should treat me with respect. If a a kid comes in and mother Fs you, I'm your teacher. You should treat me with respect because of who I am, not what I do, not, not, not the skills I possess. So whereas acceptance is I love you even though you're a screw up or you screwed up. Yeah. Respect is I love you because of who you are to me. Yeah. Like no matter what, Rachel is my wife. And she deserves that respect. Yeah. That makes sense. Because of who she is to me. We'll come back to respect. I well, do, let's just go there now well, while we're well, there. Okay, fine. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, it's weird for me. Like, I like to get thanks and praise for things that I've done and recognized. But I also sometimes feel really awkward getting it. Like, there's times where I'm like, okay, th- that's enough. Like, mm-hmm. you said thanks. And... That was well, good. then you don't have a very high need for it. Okay. You reach your need. It's very quickly. Soon, yeah, right. And yeah. then you're like, okay, that Versus was, that's like, enough. You know, yeah. I made a spreadsheet. All right, let's get a cake. You know, <laughs> right. Celebrate. You I know? feel like I'm very similar to you in that respect. Okay. Yeah. Like that's, it's nice to hear. Yeah. But okay, now the attention can go elsewhere. Well, I'm fine. Okay, I'm so fine. what would be, Jay, what would be like a high need example of appreciation then? If that's not enough. Like just like, thanks for doing such a great job on that. That was that was awesome. Like that would like that's enough for me for appreciation, right? What would be? I would say it's not a function of the quantity within a given task, but of multiple tasks. I could never. Rachel has no need for appreciation, almost none. Right. I I don't I I almost make fun of her for the laundry. You know, like I'll say, are you gonna do any laundry? Yeah. Because it's just it's always there. It's yeah. overwhelming her. And it's just a funny joke that we say to each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never say, hey, thanks so much for doing the laundry. You know why I don't say that? Because she doesn't care. Right. But if she had a high need for appreciation, your dad gum well, sure, I better say, hey, honey, thanks for doing what the laundry. What some might consider like an like everyday when task. When I cut the grass, which Rachel cares nothing about. Right. Rachel does not care about the grass. Yeah. She now knows to say, grass looks nice, honey. Yeah. Thanks for cutting the grass. Yeah. Even though I know she doesn't care. Right. Because I have a high need for you appreciation. Need. Yeah. Got so, it. Uh, but I also, if, hmm, let's say if, like the dishes, she doesn't, you know, but I mean, like I need it 
many places. You need it more often than she doesn't need to say. Let me tell you, I looked at all the lawns across the area, and the grass was the best ever. I don't need a lot of appreciation on one item. Right. I need to be appreciated when I do something. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Having a high need. Yeah. Is how I am. That is interesting. Um, Approval and blessing is is I like to look at it more like belonging. And how much do you need to belong to something, to have an identity within something? And it's it's very similar to respect as well. Um, but it's the building up or affirming another, particularly for who they are. Um, and so I really almost described it with respect. And they're, they're very similar to respect. Um, but it's so it's in that same vein. Yeah, you know? that rings that rings true. It, it, when you describe it, it, it I feel like it, it hits the same spot right. like with me. That I need, um, like I, I I want that sense of approval, um, and I don't I don't feel like I need it everywhere, but it's nice to know I have a place where I belong. So I guess that word of belonging, that right. sense of belonging, um, that that's where it hits me is like, oh, I, I I I need to have that place, which I feel like I have more now in my life than than ever before. Me too. Just with our group of. Of, of friends and, and, and church and, and it's just you and, fit somewhere yes yeah yeah attention attention I always call it the black sheep of the emotional needs family like nobody says oh that, that, that Eric he's always needing acceptance but if you have a high need for attention <laughs> yeah people and, know it yeah and, and, and they're like ugh oh boy yeah <laughs> ugh, ugh. Uh, very low for me Right. Which I guess is is good, so people aren't rolling their eyes at me. Hopefully, but um, no, I I tend to shy away from attention. I would much rather <laughs> said the worship leader. Well, and and, but and it's maybe true. that's it's very true. Like I I enjoy worshiping. I enjoy leading the music, <laughs> but no, I I enjoy I enjoy leading from a teaching sense. Like I enjoy, like I feel like that comes to me more naturally. Like I like coordinating the music and that sort of thing. But it is a um, getting up and actually in front of everyone and leading. Like I feel that's that's much more of me. I have to give more. Like I'm not getting a lot back from no, that. And like that I, makes sense because we've talked about how you're to, to, to quiet your inner monologue when you're leading worship. That to be able to be actually be in the moment, let alone allow God to speak through you and to you when in, in your mind you're going, okay, did I do this right? Did I do this right? Okay, is this person coming in right now? Is all right? Okay, wait. why is that person looking at me? Did I screw up over there? <laughs> and what is it? Did I make a funny face? And, you know, because right. you don't love the attention. Right, exactly. Would you say it's at a scale of one, a zero, negative 10 to positive 10? Are you at zero or are you at almost in the negative somewhere? I would feel I'm, I'm in the negative somewhere. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, not so low that it, that it hampers me. I like to feel like I can handle it, but yeah, that's but what, having to that's what it. I'm doing. Yes, I'm handling it. Um, what I think is, how do I want to put this? That gives me a greater appreciation for how well you do it. Oh. Because it isn't something that you're enjoying that aspect of. I know you enjoy leading and all that kind of fun stuff, but I give you more respect yeah, <laughs> for, no, for yeah, the, and that felt that felt very nice. Thank you for the fact that it's not something that's natural. Like people say, "Oh, Jay, you do a good job speaking." Like, okay, that's what I do. You know, that's easy. I enjoy that. It gives me life, comfort. The granddaddy, in my opinion, of them all. Wait a minute, hang on. Right on. <laughs> so attention. If, and I'm sorry, it just I was kind of reading. I was reading this, 
if you have somebody in your life that has a very high need of attention, that's another podcast. Is it? We <laughs> no. can. We got I me mean, like. Well, no, but I want to answer it now. What do you do with them? Right. What do you do with them? And it is another. And it's another podcast, and we'll get to it. But in short, if any of these things, in a lot of ways, it's 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 almost like parenting one hundred and one, which I act like everybody knows how to parent, but you meet the need when they're not actively seeking it. So if somebody's, if a kid is throwing a temper tantrum yeah. because they want attention, yeah. well, you don't give it to them then. What right. do you do? You put them in timeout. You actually give them the exact opposite. Then you give attention out, you know, outside of that so that you're not positively reinforcing their destructive behavior. And that makes sense. How do you do that with adults? Right. Okay. So you go into the office yep. and Wally is in the next quad of cubicles down from you yeah and wally is going to talk to you for 20 minutes every monday morning about his weekend yeah and it is going to kill you and you're going to be behind and so you spend the whole time sweating hoping he talks to somebody else and not you because wally has such a high need for attention so you walk up to wally and you go hey wally what was the best part of your day yesterday you show him attention on the front end and he goes yesterday oh i tell you what we had a burger blah 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 blah, 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 blah. and then you might get out of there in five minutes instead of 20 minutes yeah. Because you initiated it, and he didn't have to take it from you, right? And that feels better for him. For him. Sure, yeah. Well, anytime you, you, you have a need met, it. right? That you didn't have to take. Yeah. Imagine the hug that you get freely versus mm-hmm. when you come up behind your wife and give her a big squeeze, right? You know, she's, and she pulls away, and you're like, ah, that felt great. <laughs> now I'm also rejected. Okay, <laughs> but that would be an example of yeah. how you would do that. Um. So. Uh, comfort is a lot of what this whole podcast is centered on. It is attaching comfort to grief, joining somebody in their emotion, having somebody be with you, be present with you, and share your experience with you. Are you ask? Are you waiting for us to? I'm sort of waiting for Chris or you to chime in with our experience with comfort. That? Yeah, I think everybody needs comfort. Like this is one of those ones where, like you said, it's it's the granddaddy of them all. I think everybody needs it more than they think they do because there's things that have happened in your past that might um, you might not think is rearing its ugly head in a way that you would have never guessed, right? Um, I know. I think. For me, you know, my dad worked out of town when I was a kid and I had a hard time with that, but I didn't realize how hard that was until later on in my life. And cause like still it, your in, stories of watching him leave. Yeah. Like watching him leave. Like, and like, you know, it's one of those things where like when you're in it, you're just going through the motions. Like, this is my life. This is my daily. But like it's all hurt. And then later on it manifests in different ways. So I think everybody has that at some point and you're, you're like, everybody gets hurt when they're younger, whether it's like at school getting made fun of, whether it's, you know, maybe parents or, or you don't, you didn't have a great set of parents. You know, my situation was I had a great set of parents, but my, my dad worked out of town. So he was gone and that was definitely a hurt, you know? So it's. I think it's a very interesting point that you bring up, and uh, I always want to acknowledge when people write in, Mary Lynn says that <laughs> she doesn't think people need much comfort. <laughs> and what I would say is that it's all hurts need to be comforted. Yeah. They need to be comforted. But I think 
everybody has a very uh, varied, V E R Y, varied, A R I E D, ability to be comforted. Yeah. And the, the old school was, hey, we got to cry this out. We're going to comfort this. Right. And everything else. And, and you've got to take somebody there. Right. But they've done a whole lot more research, which is you really need to join them where they are. Yeah. You know, and so therefore, I think you're both right because. You know, that'd be like saying, well, this wound doesn't need to be healed. You know, this open gash on my arm. Of course it does. Right. So even emotional hurts need to be healed. But I believe different people have the different abilities to be healed. Right. To be comforted in that regard. Um, And so it's important to be delicate as we try to comfort other people in finding where they are and not go past them. Yeah. And I think for me, because I and I hear what you're saying, Eric, and that makes sense to me. And so then I wonder about myself, like, hmm, maybe I need comforted more than I think. Because my, I feel like my default setting with comfort is low. Like, I would rather just, no, don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to dig into I it. I don't want to talk about that. Right. Yes. Like, I don't, I don't, I would rather not. Thank you very much. So, <laughs> That's such a great line. <laughs> I would rather not. Um, but you said earlier. Um, how you will tend to detach from things. Right. Actually, that was even before we were on the air, isn't it? Could have been. Could have been. <laughs> no, it was back with, that doesn't matter. The point of the story is you have said that sometimes you'll just remove yourself from a situation emotionally. Right. Well, that's the same thing. Oh, I'm presented with this this hurt. I'd rather not deal with this. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to move on from it. Mm-hmm. Because that's another podcast, but that's where we go. We either get really involved in things or we withdraw from things um encouragement and we're gonna do two now we're gonna do encouragement and support i mentioned earlier there how different they are encouragement is somebody saying i believe you can do this yep the need for having someone to believe that you can do something or encourage you in it support is let me help you do this yep and why i say they conflict is rachel has a very high need for encouragement she has no need for support don't I dare help her do something. She will do it. But it's important for her. Ah, I don't even know if she has a high need for encouragement. She has a need for it to know that I believe she can get something done. I have more need for support. I, 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 I like working as a team together and coming along, somebody else coming alongside of me. and, and That's so funny because that know. just turns my stomach. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I don't. No, I'll do it. I'm fine. Leave me alone. Well, but it also depends on what it is. That's like, how I feel. Yeah, like I mean, like there's there's some tasks at work where I'm like I'm just gonna bang this out myself and we're good to go. Where there's other things where I'm like, man, I really need support and somebody to help me out with this, right? I do like getting encouraged, like you know, because of you know some things in my past where I, like I don't think I'm good enough and whatnot, so I definitely need encouragement Gosh, in my life, people for like sure. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely, I definitely have both, but. Maybe they're equal. I don't. I don't know. But I do, I need both. Interesting. I'm a needy person. And, and I'm going uh, with higher need for encouragement, although not super high. But I, I, it's pleasant. It's pleasant <laughs> when someone says, "Hey, I believe in you. You can do this." And there are times. Um, and, I, and as I said before, I feel like I'm in. Like right now in my life, I've got more people meeting those emotional needs than than. I would have earlier so. times in my life. So. <laughs> So that sense of encouragement, there are things that I would shy away from doing or think that, oh, and maybe tonight is an example of that. Like, 
this is my first time doing this. I'm a little nervous. Like, I don't know that I can do this. And to have people, to have you guys say, it's going to be good. Yeah. Like, you can do this. Yeah. Like, that, I I feel that. So, I yeah. guess I have some some need or some response to to encouragement. Support on the other side uh, is, is on the other side of the, of the spectrum for me. Um, although, again, like you said, Eric, it depends maybe on what the task is. I find I, great comfort when somebody joins me when I need them. Mm. Well, when I need them is different. When I need support in something. I, I tend to want... How often does that happen? Um, this is a good question as far as no, quantifying yeah. it. Because as, I, as we talk about this, you know, I mean, certainly like there are things you can't do on your own physically. You know what I mean? Like there's tasks that take multiple. Like, uh, do I enjoy the fact that Chris leads worship? Sure. But do I consider that inherently support? No, I appreciate what he does, but I wouldn't do it if he didn't do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, so like, I don't with, with the podcast, like I appreciate and love the support of you coming up with the topics, right? Like I couldn't do the show without that. That's not a good example. I could do the show notes. I love having like that. Brian does the show notes and getting the support of him helping out with that. Right. But I'm still going to disagree because that's, that's fine because that's Brian's task in this podcast. But I asked him to like come along. Po- like I, I asked him to support like me and doing that instead of it all being on but me. But you understand what I'm saying? He That's his part in our podcast. Yeah. If you were cutting the grass, would it make you feel good if I came and trimmed the hedges while you were cutting the grass? Yes. That is a need for support. Okay. I would be like, hey, you can leave my hedges go. I'll, <laughs> I'll take care of my hedges. Okay. I'll do it. I'm just fine. Leave me alone. Gotcha. So that's that's a better example. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. Okay. And like, I, like with Rachel, like I'm not allowed to fold the laundry. Yeah. Not allowed. Right. It wouldn't bless her at all. Yeah. She'd be like, what, why? Why Why do you hate me? Right. Why are you folding laundry? Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and I tend to like to be on my own. Like, I, I like to accomplish tasks on my own in the sense that, that when someone else is there, I feel like I'm not able to get into my head enough and, like, figure out what needs done sometimes. And, again, that depends on the task. But it, it, if it's if it's figuring something out... I like to do that on my own. I like to get into my head. Right. You don't want to brainstorm it with a group. I don't want. Nope. I need to. It's going to whiteboard it. Nope. Because then then I I almost invariably think, okay, we're going down the wrong. We're in the wrong direction. This is not helping. (laughs) Whether you bring it up or not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure this is wrong. (laughs) You always feel like no matter what, on your own, you can do better. Oh, man. I don't know. That's a strong statement. It's also a segue. (laughs) Into our next segment. Sometimes people just fall short. Yeah, they do. And they need to do better. And I'm going to do my best to read this best. I know we have some listeners that this might put them off. Uh, So go ahead and set your uh, watch for two minutes from now, and you can come back in. (laughs) Women going to jail um, and uh, for doing something and fighting the entire plane when nobody would join the Mile High Club with her. Awkward. Yeah. What would her? Well, that would be affection. That would be. If she has a high need for affection. Yes. (laughs) Dateline, the UK, a mile high. A British woman has been jailed after she went on a drunken rampage on a holiday jet, asking men to join her quote mile high club. Uh, Demi Burton, not 
Demi Moore, claimed she had been drinking so heavily on the flight between Abu Dhabi and Manchester because she has a fear of flying. So first and foremost, she has a need for security. A court heard that she got so intoxicated on red wine, which I don't know why that's in the story. I just don't. Like, why is it red wine? Like, oh, okay, I see. Red wine. Yeah. Well, maybe. Uh, maybe UB40 is not a part like, of this. <laughs> well, she's song. not doing tequila shots or, you know, I don't know. Like, it's red wine. Well, she got so intoxicated mm-hmm. on red wine during her eight-hour flight home, she propositioned male passengers and kicked, bit, and headbutted crew members. Oh, bit. Like, biting. Yes. Okay. <laughs> crew like, members as the plane cruised at 30,000 feet. She made a bunch of crude comments. Uh, blah, blah, blah. She has been jailed for six months wow. after she admitted to being drunk on an aircraft and five charges of assault. Wow. So I'm going to go this far. Okay. Do better. This lady, clearly. Yeah. Let's let's work on how, having our need for security met. Right. A little bit different. Okay. You're not. I mean, there's some some courage in a bottle, but apparently there is some hurts and affection somewhere yep. in her past. Yeah. So let's maybe have some comfort attached to that. I'm hitting all the emotional needs here. So yep. she needs to do better. We get that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go so far as to say let's do better airplane crew. I don't think she gets to headbutt bite. Uh, and kick. That sounds like it was, I think you could have stopped at any one of those and restrained this lady. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. And lastly, six months. Six months. It's a long time. That is a long time. Let's do better, UK judicial system. <laughs> and I have to wonder when I hear a story like that that why weren't you on that plane? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I have, <laughs> I have to wonder, like you. What emotional needs were not met, like, to, to get to that point for her? Like, that it's... To be that amorous and that violent. violent. Had it, they joined her. That that just... Yeah. It's amazing. Sad. And sad. But we all... What? We, we can all do we better. Just, oh. <laughs> we can all do better. Yes, exactly. I didn't even know you played hockey because that was quite the same. Going. <laughs> but some people can't do better they can't do better and one we're gonna do a fun one i think it's fun in my opinion and then like one more serious like can't do better like somebody that really really did um do better but or can't do better um so if you might if if you haven't heard about this you probably haven't been on social media in the past three or four days but uh ricky gervais ricky he is uh a british comedian um he wrote the original office the uh, British version of The Office, um, which I've never seen. Have you guys seen the British version of The Office? I have. Unintelligible. Yeah. Okay. You didn't like. You couldn't get into it. You're like, oh, it's heavily informed. My George And you're like, what? No <laughs> three. Um, <laughs> yeah, but have you? I, well, Chris I have. is of high I, intellect. He can understand. Oh, anything. Well, and I, I enjoy British humor. Well, like, and they yes. speak Cockney yeah. in McKeesport School District. Little known fact. <laughs> Little known fact. Um, no, I, I did enjoy it. Okay, and because um, there's the IT. Crowd, my wife Amy, which I like. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's another great show. Yeah. And my wife Amy has a history with British comedy. Okay. So she has always, you know, her father was be Benny Hill. Monty, whether it be Monty Python, you, or have um, you watched Father Ted? No. Okay. 
That's an old, that's an old one. But it's yeah. it's funny. It's it's very British. She's a fan of L O L O. Yeah. Have you heard of that one? I've heard of it, but yeah. I haven't so, seen it. Uh, you know, so it's it's something that Mr. she Bean. actually watched before me. The, yeah. the British Office, I mean, yeah. is something she watched before me and got me into. Amy, it. like Amy's into the old school. Like, uh, what was it the Pink Panther or uh, uh, what's that? Jacques Clouseau. What is that? Inspector Clouseau. Inspector Clouseau. Um, I thought you Mr. said your Bean. dog doesn't bite. Yeah. Okay. Not my dog. But so Ricky Gervais. The comedian took shots at everything from Cats and Jeffrey Epstein to Netflix's dominance and Leonardo DiCaprio's dating history. Apple. <laughs> during his fifth time hosting the award show. And last. And I'm not going to repeat everything nope. that he said. Nope. You can watch it if you want. Yep. It's definitely uh, colorful in, in language and, and content. But um, he, he did not hold back. Nobody in that room was safe. And uh, he told it like it was. He told it like it was. And it was, in my opinion, a breath of fresh air and fantastic. And I loved it. And we don't have to agree with what he says or what he believes. Oh, there's there's many things that he believes that I don't no, encourage or vehemently in. disagree with. Yeah. But boy, he called it like he saw it. Yep. Josh Hughes uh, typed in. He said, send your hate mail to com backslash Eric. No, Brian. Sorry. Backslash. Brian's yeah, our customer. Yeah, might as well send it to Brian. Yeah, well, he deals much better when people are upset. He's the more, you know, yeah. understanding type. Yeah. But some people really can't do better. Oh, yeah. And this even has a Penn Hills connection. Yeah, it yes. does. Which is awesome. Yeah, so this... Uh, church the christian assembly in eagle rock which is a los angeles church uh their co-lead pastor tom hughes was interviewed he is the gentleman and hills native from penn hills That's yeah awesome. but their church is paying off 5.3 million dollars worth of medical debt for nearly 6,000 households in Southern California. Wow. That is a lot 6, of debt. 6,000 households. That's a lot of debt. That's a big impact, just like the footprint of people in the community. And there. you got to think, you know, medical debt, that is not cheap. <laughs> 5.3 That's right. As a matter of fact. <laughs> but it's also, I when I hear medical debt, I hear, you know, that's... Nobody gets that by being fine. Right, exactly. Mm. They, they, they're they hurting, um, at least physically, and... You know those those needs are probably ongoing. Yeah. You know, and it's I think that would be one of the hardest, you know, types of debt to get out of. I guess. I mean, if you are hurting and you are bedridden or you are, you know, whatever your 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 medical situation, it's a double might whammy. Be, yeah. Yeah. That you are you are hurting physically and now you're in debt and probably it's harder to to work and, and when and, you're going find through your way that, out of that. Yeah. You know, whether it be disease, debilitation, whatever else, you feel. You are very, you have a very high chance of feeling very alone mm. um, when you battle something. And, and, and even if you've got a lot of people around you, that can wane and that can go by the wayside. So imagine all the people that were sick or were hurt and have this debt and everybody came and they did the GoFundMe and everything's great. And, and there's still 15 grand in the hole and it's six months from now and you're no longer the, the topic du jour, right. you know. And then all of a sudden you get a note from the hospital that this church has paid off your debt. How, how unbelievable, what a, what a great representation of Christ uh, to wipe a debt clean. Yeah. Uh, especially if they don't know you. Yeah. You know, every year we, there was another podcast that Eric and I listened to called no agenda. And they talk about how every year it's amazing. Every year in December, there's the, 
random person at Walmart paid off. It's always the, Walmart. It's always Walmart. And they always paid off the, uh, what do you call it? Layaway. Layaway plans. Ah. And they even surmise that it's actually just Walmart doing that so that they get the publicity. Well, how about $5.3 million of medical debt? Not right. the pogo stick you were buying for Sally. Which, right. Who uses layaway? But who uses um, pogo stick? <laughs> Both good questions. <laughs> um, but seriously, Tom used and, and actually, I'm going to, this is going to sound great, crazy, <laughs> but also can't do better. CNN, they did a special on this. Uh, not a special, but they did a segment on the fact that this uh, church did that. Mm. And so they can't do better because they actually promoted something yeah. good a church was doing. Love good news. And it was all over social media. And he's a Penn Hills guy. When did this good. happen, by the way? It was right before Christmas. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Man, what a great Christmas gift that would be. Uh, sure would wow. be. Wow. My goodness. Turns out, though, it's $5.2 for one person. No, I'm just kidding. No, 6000 yeah. That's crazy. Um, and on that note, we love to leave on a high note. Um, thank you, Chris, for being here. It was a joy having you. You did fantastic, uh, by the way. This was so much fun. Yeah. And uh, this was episode 58 of Lunchtime in Rome. Visit us, visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com and send us a mail. We are uh, catching up on some mail from the holiday, and uh, we'll definitely be writing back to anybody that, that wrote in. Um, we're a little bit behind because we were off. And um, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Smoked! <laughs> Smoked paprika! I know about that one. Uh, I like to feel like I can handle it. But yeah, that's but what, I'm, having to that's handle what it. I'm doing. Yes, I'm handling it. Um... I would rather not. Thank you very much. And I have to wonder when I hear a story like that, that why weren't you on that plane? <laughs> uh, oh, it's from Jack. <laughs> 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 <laughs>